Hey, it's good to be with you. Glad you're with us. And always we pray we're a blessing to you all. We're in our series of Hear, Go, and Do out of James 1.22 about not just being hearers only, but becoming doers of the word. Uh, we're, uh, we just finished handling worship and we just finished handling in our series fellowship uh, last Sunday. And today at, at our church, we're handling uh, what we call powerhouse, which is always on the fifth Sunday. We bring our kids in, except for our bed babies. And we uh, let them be a part of worship with us. Uh, bigger song set, we take communion together. And I'm just gonna give you the challenge that I'm gonna be giving them. And it's about how, uh, uh, how Jesus was sent and how he sends us. And it's still part of our series of Here, Go, and Do. So I want you to look at John 17, 18. John 17, 18. And I want to read it to you. This is a, a prayer of Jesus, actually. It says, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, if they're listening or watching or both. <clears throat> Lord, if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then uh, you look at all of us. Uh, you see me differently. I'm a teacher of your word. I'm your preacher. And upon me, according to the book of James, is a more strict and a great judgment on my life. And I know that. I do know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Uh, what uh, to focus today is going to be on sending, uh, being a sending church and how the Lord sends us, and we're going to put all that together in a good little challenge for you as well. Um, John chapter 6, verse 29, Jesus said this, This is the work of God that you believe in the one that he has sent. Uh, so we wanna go ahead and get that established, that Jesus has been sent to us, and we'll get into the whys later. You already know most of it. Uh, we'll get into that challenge a little bit later on. <clears throat> but I wanna give you the spirit of sending in scripture. I, I want you to see that and see how it works, how it goes. <clears throat> Isaiah got to experience something incredible. He. He, he got to have an experience that only most of us can dream about or even imagine, and uh, he shares it with us, that when he went into the presence of God, it got to the point of, woe is me. Uh, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll get to thinking that you're above this or above that, or you know that person is not uh, living right, and, uh, and the emphasis is that you are, and it could, it could be on, I'm up here spiritually and a lot of people are down here. It could get into a lot of that. So I want you to see in the presence of the Lord, Isaiah in verse chapter six, verse five, he, he, he sees what he is. He said, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Uh, he realizes where the Lord is and where he is. A lot of times we see where we are and other people are. You could be like the man that prayed in the Gospels. Um, as he's standing and praying, he sees a man kneeling. God, I thank you that I'm not like this man. Uh, if you're not careful, we'll get to thinking of ourselves as being higher than the other person in the presence of God. 
you're going you're gonna to find out who really is up here and down here. So Isaiah goes into that experience in the presence of God of realizing that uh, he's not all of what he thought he is and he's unclean before the Lord. Um, then in, ch in, in chapter six, verse eight, three verses down, he says this, then I heard the voice of the Lord. The Lord took care of that. The Lord took care, he, he, he did a cleansing of Isaiah's life. And then in verse eight, uh, the Lord is saying this, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who should I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. In the presence of God, we realize who God is and we are. There's a cleansing that only God can do. And then we realize that uh, there's a sending process. Uh, he, you'll find out he's a worthy savior and you find out that we have a worthy message that we carry to somebody else. I just want you to see the presence. Uh, I want you to see the presence of sending uh, when it comes to the scriptures. Who will, who, will, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, Lord, here I am, send me. I want you to look at John chapter 20. In uh, verse 21, the, the Lord said this, Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me, I also send you. So we've already established that the father has sent Jesus. Uh, I want you to see the pattern of sending when it comes to scripture. I want you to know that the church is still about this mission of sending. It is important to see that. Back in the 80s and the 90s, there was language that came out of Saddleback Valley a Community Church with Rick Warren and others. And the, the, uh, the, the rhetoric of the 80s and the 90s was, it's not about your seating capacity, how big of a building you have or how many people you have on Sunday. It's, it's about your sending capacity. And that became the rhetoric of the, and the language of the 80s and the 90s. The Father sends the Son to do His work of salvation, which He has done. And then He sends us as ambassadors to that work. Um, I've, I've often wondered, I, I, I know there may be some other preachers listening, but sometimes preachers don't listen to other preachers, and I get that. But uh, you get to thinking, man, why'd you call me? You know, why did you call me? Actually, I've thought that several times. Why did He call me? Why... Uh, there's a, my dad was a pastor, I'm a pastor, my son's a pastor, there's three generations. <clears throat> we have a lot of pastors in our family, uncles, cousins uh, that, that are in the Eaton family. And um, uh, it, is, uh, it, it, it can still be a question that I have sometimes. Why, why, Lord, did you do that with me? And what I come back down to is the message I know that the gospel message is true and I know that it is necessary and it is worthy. <clears throat> it should be, why shouldn't he send us? You know, why shouldn't he send me? I, I, I know it's a true message. I remember a time in my calling when I was running from it and I was at a hospital bed uh, and I wasn't there as a minister or a chaplain. Or, I, was, I was there actually spending the night with my dad who'd had a heart attack and another individual came into the hospital, just needed somebody to talk to. And there was a Gideon Bible on the wall and that, that they had, and they had a bracket for it, to, a holder for it to sit in. And I was running from the ministry. 
That's, it didn't mean I didn't love the Lord. It just, I just didn't want to surrender to what he had called me to do. And I remember looking at that Bible and saying, that Gideon Bible, by the way, and saying the truth in that means more to me than anything in the world. And it became a point of surrender during that time, a point for us to, to surrender because I know that the message is true and I know that the message is necessary and the message is worthy. The Father sent the Son to do his work of salvation and now he sends us and we are ambassadors of that gospel message of how God can change your life. In the spirit and the pattern of sending, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This is known as the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Notice in verse, this is after the resurrection. These are our marching orders, basically, that the Lord has given us. He says, go. We are to go and we are to go and disciple people minister to people where we live, work, and play, and all that can encompass taking it to the nations. It is still the pattern of sending that is there. I want you to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says to them before he ascends into heaven to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses, which really means going, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Uh, he gives a pattern that Acts carries out. Acts carries out how they took the gospel message to Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the rest of the world. Jerusalem would be your local area. Judea would be the state that you live in. Samaria would be the nation that we live in. And then obviously the world would be to the nations of other parts of the world. Again, I want you to see the pattern of sending. He's sending his witnesses to all this area. Why? The message is true. The message is necessary. And it, it is a worthy message. Uh, I want you, going back to James 1.22, which has to, do with our, um, has to do with our series that we're in of Hear, Go, and Do. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. It is about hearing, and then it is about going and realizing that God sends you, God sends you, and then it is about you doing the kingdom. Uh, hear, go, and do. Listen, just break it down. Where do you live? Where do you work? Where do you play? Uh, you do your recreation. Be able to use all those things to carry the message of who Christ is. Uh, we gather we gather together, and I'm gonna even just bring in Sundays in our culture. We gather so that we can go. Why? There is a pattern of sending. I really, I really do imagine this in my mind. When I finish here in a minute, I'm gonna tell you I love you, and what do we say together? Grace and peace, make sure you live in both of them. That is basically ascending. Because when you, when you leave this little 20 minute service or whatever we have here, I envision in my mind that I'm sending you out with the gospel message where you live, work and play. Literally, I'm looking through the lens, but I am looking and speaking to you. And I, I, I figuratively in my mind, I imagine that when I say grace and peace, make sure you live in both of them, I'm sending you. Why? Because there is a pattern 
of sending in the scriptures. He sent his son to do the work of salvation and then his son sends us. We gather on Sunday mornings. When I release people on Sunday, do the same thing. I love you, grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. I envision as they leave, I am sending them with the gospel message where they live, work, and they play. And I want, to, I want you to see the result of this for just a moment. I'm going to go back to Isaiah, different place, a little further in the scripture, is Isaiah 52, 7. It says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace, who brings good news of, of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. And the passage there in verse seven is, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. How beautiful that they are. I, I want you to know that's how you're viewed uh, when it comes from seeing who the Lord looking at us. That's how you're viewed. How beautiful are those feet who carry the message of the gospel. Remember, it is a true message. Uh, it is, an, it is a, a message that is absolutely necessary and it is worthy to be told. So we gather to go. And I'm telling you, you, you have beautiful feet, okay, who carry the gospel. You go and bless people. And I'm getting ready to leave you here, okay? I'm getting ready to send you. I want you to know that I love you and I do. And I'm going to say what we say to each other, grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. And when I say that, I'm sending you. In the pattern and in the spirit of sending them, we have gathered so that you may go. And remember that message is true. It is necessary. And it is a worthy message. You go be a blessing, okay? Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them.